Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where our goal is helping others delight in Christ for the sake of becoming more like Christ with the hope of multiplying disciples of Christ. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Abide Podcast. I'm so excited for today's talk because I have one of my really good friends, Kayla, here with me. She is one of our Coastal College student leaders. She's been with our ministry for the past four years, and she's been in leadership for the past two. She's on our senior staff, and I'm just so excited to have this conversation with her. Welcome to the podcast, Kayla. Thanks for having me. I I had to like add guest star on a podcast to my uh, bucket list just so I could cross it off. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. I owe you big, big time. Hi, guys. I'm Kayla. Yeah. I um, am, yeah, a student leader. Laura like covered it. I'm a student leader with Coastal College. I've been coming since my freshman year um, at a&M Galveston and actually Laura was my <laughs> family group leader when I was a little baby freshman so Aww, baby freshman yeah. wow what good memories yeah, all the time and now you're <laughs> senior I'm so old <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about me <laughs> grandma status but for real what does that say about Christopher Christopher he's super old he's 30 he's 30 his cells are dying Got at a greater <laughs> rate than they are uh replicating Christopher old man <laughs> you Good luck. <laughs> um, so, Kayla, as you're probably well aware, I ask the same question to everyone on my podcast. So, I hope you come prepared. Of course, I'm ready. What is your favorite smell? My favorite smell, Laura Tungate, is more of an experience, truly. It's oh not no. just not just a smell. <laughs> wow. And I'm not just saying it's like <laughs> cut grass and the experience is mowing the grass. It This <laughs> smell is coffee, but not just like I brewed a cup of coffee with my Keurig. It's you walk into the coffee shop Mm. and they're making your coffee. And then you go and sit there for like two hours to Mm. study, to read your Bible, to talk somebody's ear off, the what have you, whatever Mm -hmm. you go to a coffee shop for. Mm. And then you walk out of the coffee shop and you smell like the coffee. Ah. That is my favorite smell. So you like people who smell like coffee no 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 i like the (laughs) (laughs) i like the smell of coffee and the smell of people who smell like coffee after hanging out around coffee forever (laughs) that is a journey wow i told you it's an experience it's more than just a smell it is more than just a smell and honestly that's probably one of the greatest things coffee shops the vibe that coffee shops give right i just i have a lot of good memories at them and then coffee in general good taste keeps you caffeinated gives you some serotonin and dopamine in your brain there you go cool well thank you so much for being here with me today kayla thanks for having me yeah of course last week we talked about the first letter in the abide bible reading method and that's acclimate now we're going to talk about the second letter which is b and that stands for behold and i like to call this how to read your bible part one because the b and the i which stands for interpret really go together it's observing the text and what you're reading and then interpreting it. So today we're going to be talking about observations that you make as you begin reading the Bible. First and foremost, I kind of wanted to just touch on some things that people should just know about the Bible in general. Just some common things that I think would be really helpful for people to know who are first starting off reading the Bible. This first thought that I had was just to point out that the Bible is God's word. This book is all about God and his people and how he is pursuing his people 
to establish a relationship with his people. And so it's his word to us, um, and it's really beautiful. And it's really cut into two different parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So Kayla, tell us a little bit about the two testaments of the Bible. (laughs) Yeah, um, so the two testaments of the Bible, testament literally translated means covenant, right? Yeah. That is kind of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Old Testament covers all of God's promises to his chosen people um, before the Messiah, before Christ Mm -hmm. came. And so um, you can look at the Old Testament and you see the same God, you see the same main character, Jesus, like you see all of these references to a future Messiah. Um, And so it's the same content, but um, a different perspective. So the Mm -hmm. Old Testament looks forward to a Christ and to a Savior Mm -hmm. um, that God promises to his people through all of the covenants that he makes in the Old Testament. And then when you get to the New Testament, you see the actual life of Christ in the Gospels and Mm. his death and his resurrection, and you see the finished work of Christ. Mm. And so, again, like same content, same God, same Savior, Mm -hmm. um, just a different perspective because now you're looking at it from the side of victory, like Christ Mm. has already been resurrected, and he, I mean, we're good. Right. (laughs) Good news. So, yeah, yeah, I hope that kind of covers Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah, I think that's a really good overview of Old Testament versus New Testament and the difference between the two. But also, I love that you hit on the fact that they both talk about Christ. Because no no matter where you are in the Bible, you can always relate it back to Christ and his work on the cross. So now that we've gone over what the Bible is about as a whole, let's talk about the different portions of the Bible. And those portions are commonly referred to as genres. And mm-hmm. I think that noting that there's different genres in the Bible will help people when they begin to read the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. I think like, I mean, when you go in and you're looking at the onion or Babylon B, like you're <laughs> aware that these articles are satire. And so it gives mm-hmm. you like a context for what you're reading and kind of puts you in the right mindset and like mm-hmm. sense of humor almost for what you're about to read. Yeah. And so, um, the Bible is divvied up into, um, several genres six or seven it kind of depends depending Um, on who you're talking to exactly um so some common ones that you'll hear are the the law um a lot of the law is in the torah so the first five books of the bible Mm -hmm. um you also see narrative and history um so just the history of god's people Mm -hmm. um a lot of that is in the old testament um you also have the books of poetry, so like mm-hmm. your Psalms and your Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon is wisdom, isn't it? Yeah, is wisdom it? literature. Okay. So like Proverbs. Wisdom um, literature. Prophecy. Prophecy. You've got your prophets, um, major and minor. And then you have uh, some of my personal favorites, the Gospels, Matthew, mm-hmm. Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you're getting into the New Testament, kind of mm-hmm. how we covered how the New Testament is the savior the messiah Mm -hmm. like the finished work of christ um and then you have your epistles um and your books of teaching yeah um right after that so those are roughly i don't think i missed anything big that's covers that pretty much covers it um and i think a fun fact to note is that the gospels are named the gospels because they're about the life death and resurrection of jesus which is the gospel and profound (laughs) so (laughs) profound um honestly though when i learned that i was like Wow, that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you also have one last genre that people don't really like to talk about. Um, and that's like apocalyptic. Uh. <laughs> so that'll be like your revelation. There's some apocalyptic 
um, writings and Daniel. Okay, I was going to, that was my question. Is yeah. Daniel considered a prophet or it apocalyptic? Is. So, if, yeah, Daniel is is lumped in with prophets, but right. within Daniel, there's different genres. Okay. So, like, you have historical narrative in Daniel. You have um, apocalyptic prophecy. You have just, like, your normal prophecy. <laughs> um, I think that's a th- cool thing to note, though, is that, like, within, like, what a single book, you see multiple genres. It's yes. not just this is this yep. if Daniel has. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really important to note that just because when you start to read the Bible, if you don't know that you're in poetry and you start reading all of these really weird things that you're like, this doesn't make sense. People don't talk like this. Well, it's because you're in poetry and it's probably meant to be figurative or a metaphor or something (laughs) like that. But when you are in history and you start reading things that you're like, oh my gosh, did this actually happen? Well, it's history. Yes, it did happen. So just knowing what genre you're reading will help you when you get to the interpretation stage of understanding what the text is saying. And we'll talk more about that next week. Something also that I wanted to mention was that there's different versions of the Bible and how they were translated. So they're not like different versions of like this Bible has these books and this Bible has these other books. They're all the same content. They're the same theology. They all talk about the same God. Um, But the original Bible was actually written, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was originally written in Greek. And so our English translation will kind of be different depending on how people translated them. So like, for example, the ESV is a more word for word translation and the NIV is a more like phrase for phrase translation. They're both very good Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter which one you use. It's just whichever one you prefer. Um, So that's where we get some of the difference in words um, and in wording. When you're reading the Bible with someone with a different translation, they may be like, but my Bible doesn't say that. It's because it just was translated to English differently mm-hmm. because sometimes when you take Hebrew and Greek words, they will translate into multiple different English words. I know. I myself am an ESV fan. That's what I uh, usually do my own quiet time in. Um, but I just like the literal word for word translation, um, mm-hmm. how ESV tries to go about translating. So that is my personal preference, but I have an app that I can pick and choose whatever I want because sometimes even an ESV which is pretty straightforward I'm like um god (laughs) what are you saying to me (laughs) hello (laughs) reading through some of the different translations especially with those difficult passages can be helpful so Mm -hmm. that you get a little bit more context well not maybe not context but you read it in a different way exactly you know something that hits home yeah the one translation that I would be cautious of are paraphrases. Mm. There's several different types of paraphrases. Um, The most popular one is the message. And that can be okay when you just want to hear the story of the Bible, when you just want to hear what's going on in in a book. Um, But when you're really studying the Bible and wanting to really dive in deep to the theology and just do your own like actual inductive Bible study, I would say don't use a paraphrased version of the Bible for that because it can water down some of the theological content in it. Yeah. And I say, even if you do use it just like to keep a correct theological lens Mm -hmm. of um, where you're at and what you're reading. Yeah. 
Well, maybe maybe I shouldn't say it's watered down theology, but because it is paraphrased, you can mm-hmm. miss some key things right. in what the original author was trying to convey mm-hmm. to his audience, which a more literal translation, like a word for word or even a phrase for phrase translation keeps those intact. So you can see those more clearly. Right. So for the person who is brand new to Bible reading, where would you suggest that they begin? Because the Bible is very large and, and intimidating. Intimidating. You start off with <laughs> Revelation. You're like, I'm done. Like, I'm oh my tapping out. Start off at the very back <laughs> of the Bible, the very end. But seriously, I, I know some people who say that they tried to read the Bible before and they started in Genesis. They got mm-hmm. through Genesis pretty easily, Exodus kind of easily. And then they hit Leviticus. You hit the law. And, and it's like, I stole my neighbor's donkey. Like, what is the <laughs> Lord going to do to me? Why are there all of these like burnt <laughs> offerings and sin <laughs> offerings? And what the heck is going on? And then they're lost and they never pick it up again. Mm-hmm. So, Kayla, where would you suggest someone begin when they first started, start reading the Bible? Yeah, um, I would say one of the safest places to start, um, even before you look at what book you're going to read, is just to find someone um, with biblical knowledge that you trust and know who has good, solid theology um, and that loves you and is looking out for you, has your Mm -hmm. best interest in mind when it comes to your walk with Christ, Mm -hmm. um, and just reach out to them. Because if they know you well, um, maybe they walked with you over the line of faith, maybe they're discipling you um, wherever you are at in your walk Mm -hmm. with Christ, um, they'll just be able to give you personalized advice um, and really help you choose maybe a book that's more tailored to you or where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um, But they can just kind of give you more more insight um, just because they know your heart and where you're at. Um, Mm -hmm. So just seeking wise counsel, um, first and foremost, is kind of where I would suggest beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're looking for an answer, like book-wise, I would highly recommend starting in the Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, I'm a personal fan of Luke. I just feel like Luke is super uh, detailed Mm -hmm. um, in his account of Christ's life. Mm -hmm. Um, John is another one that I've, I've probably read through John the most, mm-hmm. um, and he has just really great imagery. So I love John. Um, but yeah, I think the gospels are just a really safe point to always start wherever you're at, because no matter, um, if it's your first time cracking open the Bible or your gazillionth time, uh, you never outgrow gospel truths and you mm-hmm. never outgrow, um, how refreshing it is to be reminded of the life work, um, death and resurrection mm-hmm. of Christ, um, and what that means for you. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's always, um, kind of where I think a good starting point book wise is yeah. in the gospels. For sure. I definitely think seeking out wise counsel when you have no idea where to start is the best place to start. And hopefully your wise counsel will direct you to a gospel or something that don't listen to them. If they say Leviticus, don't do it. <laughs> Just don't <laughs> go seek out a different person to counsel you. <laughs> No, but for real, I completely agree. Pointing someone who's new um, to the faith, new to Bible reading, into the Gospels is a super great place to start. 
from there going on to some epistles like Ephesians is my personal favorite and Romans is also really really good James is super short and straightforward and all about just like how you should act as a Christian mm-hmm. um Hebrews is also really good if you I'm want rereading Hebrews right now Hebrews is so so good and honestly I would recommend Hebrews to anyone who hasn't read the Old Testament yet who is a little bit apprehensive to read the Old Testament because there's a lot of Old Testament references in it and it's a really good overview of how the Old Testament relates to Christ and his completed work on the cross and how Christ fulfilled so many different covenants and he is the true and better priest in the better covenant and all of these things and so reading the Old Testament in light of what Hebrews has to say about the Old Testament and how it relates to Christ is probably going to help you when you start reading the Old Testament. Makes it a lot less intimidating. Um, And yeah, it just reminds you of the overarching story too. Um, Mm -hmm. The Old Testament and the New Testament aren't two separate Bibles or books by any means. Like it reminds you that it's one big narrative, like you said at the beginning, Laura, Mm -hmm. of God pursuing his people. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it is a cool bridge between the two. Mm -hmm. I've really been enjoying it. Um, Yeah, for sure. I also think that... Um, asking someone to read through a book of the Bible with you is super beneficial because not only do you have a person to go to to ask questions, um, but you also have some different perspectives that can be seen. God reveals himself through his word to each of us, but he reveals unique things to each of us about him. And so being able to come to someone and talk about what you're seeing in the Bible and what you're reading and what you're getting out of it is a super great way to not only understand more about what the Bible is saying, but also see more of who God is. So now that we've kind of come to the point where we're going to start reading, we have our background information. We know what genre we're reading. We know what book we're reading. Now we're actually going to sit down and start reading it. What does that look like for you? Yeah, um, reading is my favorite part. (laughs) Um, So when I um, am getting ready to start a new book of the Bible or just start my quiet time in general, um, it's really helpful to have a plan um, ahead of time. Otherwise, I go in and have no expectations. And if I have no expectations, then I have no accountability, no personal accountability. Um, And so whether you're going through a Bible study reading with someone and you have a plan that's helpful for accountability, but even when it's just you reading you and the Lord, um, it is helpful for me to have just a layout of, okay, this is kind of my, my goal. And this is the book that I'm going to read after this book. So Mm -hmm. kind of having a plan before I even, um, dive in to reading. Um, I used to tackle books chapter by chapter, and I would not be satisfied unless I completed a whole chapter. It was Mm. kind of just like a little OCD thing of mine. Like, (laughs) Kayla, if you don't finish this whole chapter, everything's going to be so unresolved in your life. Like, you need to finish this chapter from the capital letter at the beginning to the period at the end. Or who knows, like, the world might end. I don't know. And you won't know how that (laughs) chapter ends. Exactly. And it was just a very um, not constructive way for me to tackle Mm. reading the Bible because I found myself more wrapped up in checking a box off of, okay, you finished this, it's resolved. Mm. Um, And I didn't dwell deeply in it. Um, Mm. And so my quiet times more recently have honestly looked more like small passages or just like this heading of this chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's super helpful for me just to dive a little bit more deep into a little less 
content, like verse wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. You can read your Bible so many different ways and it kind of just depends on you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just worked personally for me. I think that also kind of going back to the genres will dictate how you read mm-hmm. different genres. You'll probably read at different paces, if that makes sense. So like, for example, if you're reading a Pauline epistle, you're going to want to take it in smaller chunks because there's just so much rich theology there that you don't want to miss anything when you read larger chunks at a time. But when you're in the Old Testament, like if you're in Joshua and you're reading about Israel coming into the promised land, you're probably going to read more chapters at once because not only is there a lot that goes into that, but there's it also reads as a story because it's historical narrative. And so you're going to want to read a little bit more to understand more of what's going on. And I think there's less theology packed into five verses in the Old Testament history than there is in like a Pauline epistle. True. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And also to kind of reiterate reading slowly, I think this is so, so important because you don't want to miss anything. Mm-hmm. And I think for me personally, if I read, I normally read like one chapter a day for my quiet time. That's that's normally how it breaks down um, depending on what I'm reading. But if I read a full chapter, then I read the whole chapter and then I go back and I reread it in that same sitting and I pull even more things out of it just to give me the context of, okay, what is this chapter about? What am I going to be seeing here? And then go back through And then you can pull out more of the richness of what's being talked about in it. Um, Kind of going along with that um, thought, when I open my Bible for my quiet time, when I'm just beholding, um, one of the most valuable things for me is just to practice what I call active reading. Mm -hmm. And so I am a big fan of just annotating the crap out of my Bible. (laughs) So um, Mm -hmm. I have a very handy dandy Bible that has notes margins on either side of the text. And so I can mark those up, but I also have a journal Mm -hmm. um, that I just scribble whatever thoughts um, run through my head when I'm um, reading the Mm -hmm. Bible. but I just find that so helpful for me to really draw more richness and um, whether I'm reading a really short passage or a longer chunk yeah. um, of scripture too. Um, so some things I like to do, um, I like to circle or underline just words that I see repeated. Mm-hmm. I like to scribble down just notes about what I'm reading. So maybe who wrote this book? Why did they write this book? What was their audience? A lot of Pauline epistles. He's writing to all these churches that are planted. Yep. Um, versus like, okay, who wrote Exodus, Moses, like Moses. Well, who was Moses writing to, right. why was Moses writing, um, it just kind of helps me approach, um, and that kind of goes back to just knowing what genre um, you're yeah. reading um, when you're uh, starting to read a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to, so three things that I do um, that have been very personally helpful for me um, Uh, I have three different highlighters. This is another little OCD thing of mine, (laughs) but one of them is purple. And so when I go through um, for my quiet time and I read a chapter, a few verses, whatever I'm reading um, that day, I take my purple highlighter and I go through. And whenever I come across anything that points to an attribute of God or something that explicitly says God is good, God is loving, Mm. um, I will highlight that in purple. And so when I look specifically for his attributes, Mm. um, 
that just is a personal thing that helps stir my affections for the Lord, which is kind of the purpose of reading the yeah. Bible, right? Yeah. Um, but also when you look at it through the lens of, okay, who is God? You can also pick out, okay, who am I in light of who he is? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. my second color is my blue highlighter. Mm -hmm. And my blue highlighter I use um, to highlight anything that kind of says who I am through Christ or what I'm called to do because of Christ's work. Mm -hmm. So any commands or any um, love one another's or mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. So that's my blue um, is what I'm called to do um, out of obedience or my response to Christ's work. Um mm -hmm. And then my last one is my yellow. Um, and my yellow are just like standouts. And so anything mm -hmm. that really just sticks out to me yeah. or is reassuring to me and um, whatever I'm going through while I'm reading it, um, those are kind of my standouts. So yeah. those are my colors and kind of my weird color-coded mm -hmm. um, <laughs> system. Yeah. But obviously, like when you're reading the Bible, you have to work out a system that works yeah. for you. Like yeah. we have a friend that whenever he sees um, – mentions of Christ in the text he'll put a little cross next to it just so he can look back on the page and be like wow look how many times Christ was mentioned in the Bible mm -hmm. crazy <laughs> mm, Christ mentioned in the Bible what, what a concept <laughs> <laughs> but there's other people um that don't mark their Bibles at all mm -hmm. um one of my heroes who I <laughs> like have read a ton of is Jim Elliott and Jim Elliott was a missionary Laura, you're a big fan of his wife. I am. <laughs> Elizabeth is my girl. Yes. Uh, we love the Elliot. Yes. Um, but Jim Elliot, I was reading some of his journals, and um, it talks about how he used to annotate his Bible all the time and continue to do it even after he started this new practice. But um, he bought himself a separate Bible that he would never mark up just because he wanted to be able to open the Bible and to reread it with fresh eyes every time mm -hmm. and not just look at his old annotations or underlinings or highlights mm -hmm. um, and read it with that bias because mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit um, works amazing wonders in your uh -huh. quiet times, believe it or not, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> living and active. Yep. Um, and you can get something new from a passage you reread a hundred times. And so that was uh, one thing that Jim Elliott committed himself to is, okay, I'm going to buy this Bible and this is the Bible that I'm not going to mark up whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to approach this Bible with fresh eyes every single time. Mm -hmm. And of course he was still notorious for like keeping his journals and for annotating other, um, whatever other copies of the Bible he had. But, um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I read that in one of his books and I was like, wow, that's like a really cool idea. That is really cool. So honestly, you just kind of, when you're approaching reading the Bible, um, you have to find whatever works for you. Um, yeah. And the Holy Spirit is going to use so many different means mm -hmm. to really get, um, to speak to you and to get truth into you. Yeah. 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 I think it's important to remember that these are things that we do. They've worked for us. They may not work for you. Mm -hmm. They may work great for you, but they're just ideas to get you thinking about, okay, the Bible should be taken seriously and I need to read it in a way that I'm actually going to get stuff out of it. I'm going to remember what I'm reading. I'm going to actually spend time applying what I'm reading. And um, in order to get to that point, you actually have to understand what the text is saying. And to understand what the text is saying, you have to go through it like this with kind of that English mentality of, and by English, I mean like you're like language arts class in school English, like annotating it and actually understanding what it's, um, what it's talking about, drawing out the main ideas and the themes and, um, 
the, the things that I really look for um, when I read my Bible, two of them are the exact same as yours. I look for God's characteristics, and I look for human characteristics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I highlight those in green. Um, <laughs> and then the, the third main thing that I look for is repetition. You mentioned that earlier. Repeating words are so important in understanding the author's intention, just like anyone who, t- who takes an English class learns that repetition is super important. Well, repetition in the Bible is super, is super important as well. Um, the other thing that I think is extremely important that often gets overlooked is um, grammar. And the words that you think aren't that important are actually extremely important for understanding the context of what's going on and what's being said. So words like therefore, the butts. We the love butts. the butts. We <laughs> love the butts. If there was not butts in the Bible, it would be very devastating. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously we're talking about like, but God, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it'll be talking about humanity's sin and depravity and how you horrible. Suck. You're dying. <laughs> yeah, like how horrible we are. And then it'll say, but God. Music to my ears. <laughs> right? Like, if God didn't intervene, we would still be helpless. So look for those kind of words, those hinge words. Um, someone once told me, and I'm sure this is not a new revelation. So many people say this. But, like, if if you see therefore, you have to ask yourself, what is it therefore? Mm-hmm. And so it connects, like, the previous paragraph with the following paragraph. It's a continuation of the same thought. Um, so just pay attention to those words that you might not think are that important, but they're actually very important in, in comprehending and understanding what you're reading. I also would suggest as you are reading to ask as many questions as possible about the text that you can, because the more questions that you ask, the deeper you go into the text, the more you're engaged. It's active reading. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's part of active reading. And so having a journal alongside of you, um, to just jot those questions down, (laughs) I was reading. Um, so I mentioned last week that I'm reading Daniel with some of the girls that I'm discipling right now. And, half of Daniel is a bunch of apocalyptic prophecy. And so I'm pretty sure I had like 15 questions written for just like one part of a chapter. I was like, I don't understand this. Who is this person? Why is it saying this? What, what is going on? (laughs) But it helped me to not only keep myself engaged by writing those questions down, it helped me follow along with the story, especially when you're reading prophecy, it can get very hazy quickly. Um, but it also helped me comprehend what was happening and it was a good indicator of what I needed to look up and dive in deeper with commentaries and whatnot. And we'll talk about that more next week in the interpret portion of the abide method. Um, but in order to get to the interpret method or the interpret part, you have to first know what you're interpreting. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I swear, like, just, I'm brutally honest in the comments and questions that I write. Like, mm. um, and that's a good thing. Like, if you, like, some verses in the Bible, um, there's a verse about not all sin leading to death. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> I thought all sin led to death. Like, so there's, like, some really, um, the Bibles can, can be confusing. Yeah. And so to be just like entirely honest with God where you're at and like, this does not make sense. And to be entirely honest with your community, like, hey, 
this doesn't make sense to me. Like, help me out. Yeah. It's significant. It is so, um, so important. Yeah. Don't be afraid to question the Bible. Don't be afraid to question what God is saying because God's God. He's not going to get offended by your questions. He wants your questions because he wants to be able to clarify himself. He wants to be able to reveal more of himself to you. And the only way that you're going to do that is by seeking him through those questions, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of being like, I don't get this. so I'm just going to skip over it and just focus on what I do get. Like you're only going to get so far then you're not going to get a deeper level of intimacy with the Lord if you don't ask questions. So what resources would you recommend? And I probably actually should have asked this at the beginning, but what resources would you recommend for looking up background information for books of the Bible? Yeah. Um, so one thing, this is another thing that I kind of do um, preemptively before I, I even start a quiet time. If I'm starting like a new book of the Bible, mm-hmm. um, I will go onto YouTube um, to the Internet <laughs> <laughs> and I go to uh, the Bible Project. Um, it's uh, they publish little videos that just give you good context for mm-hmm. each book of the Bible. And so I read through um Ephesians, uh, Galatians, Colossians, and oh my gosh, Philippians. Yep. I always yep. remember it as God eats purple cookies, Galatians, <laughs> Ephesians, <laughs> Philippians, Colossians, but I said them out of order. And so when I said God eats purple <laughs> cookies in my head, I couldn't remember what books I read. Wow. <laughs> that is a complete like Sunday school thing that you just said. <laughs> Can you tell I grew up in the Bible you Belt? You grew up in the Bible <laughs> Belt for sure. Uh, yes. God eats purple cookies. <laughs> Over the summer, um, I read through uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Mm-hmm. Um And before I started each one, I went and I looked up these Bible project videos and it just, especially with the Pauline epistles, because Paul wrote to so many different places Mm -hmm. and people. And it's really hard for me personally to keep them all straight in my mind. So watching those little videos um, before I start um, each epistle or really before I start each book of the Bible just helps give me the context of, okay, this is um, the genre that I'm about to be digging into. Um, These are the main characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also, they just touch on the themes and uh, really the message that the author is trying to push so well. And so I would highly recommend Bible project videos Mm -hmm. um, when you're actively reading. um, And I'm sure uh, this kind of overlaps with the interpret part of the abide method but Mm -hmm. um looking at other commentaries i have an esv study bible and i find the the notes in there just to be very helpful Mm -hmm. especially when i come across confusing passages because um yeah before you even go to outside sources it's like important to wrestle with um what you're confused about in the text itself and just try to gain um context um through the bible um, but yeah. outside of that, I'll go to the ESV um, study Bible notes. I'll go to Dr. Constable's notes. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really great commentary. Um, you can just Google Dr. Constable, and he has a super long, super extensive PDF of <laughs> every single book of the Bible, every single verse Literally of the Bible. It's it's really helpful. <laughs> he it has really like paragraphs is. Paragraphs. Yeah. On like one verse paragraphs. It's so much, but it's very helpful. It is so helpful. It's so good. Um, And even before he dives verse 
by verse into it, um, he gives you the background of, okay, this is what genre you're about to read. This mm-hmm. is the author. This is like the historical context. Yeah. Um, so That's these are the things to look yeah, exactly. So um, whether you're in the middle of like a really confusing passage or whether you just want to look that up before you even start a book just mm-hmm. to know what you're getting yourself into, yeah. um, that's another really helpful resource. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, I find myself looking at Desiring God a lot um, just mm-hmm. for supporting articles. Um, it's not really a commentary, but the articles there can be very helpful. And yeah. I also just love um conversation with friends and family so my Mm. parents are really strong (laughs) believers and so i will text them call them when i go home we have long extensive talks about the tribulation like you can't sit like (laughs) walk in a room with my dad without him talking about something like that so i would (laughs) just so recommend like leaning into those established established relationships (laughs) that you already have because um it is that's a valuable resource too Um, and very life-giving to Mm -hmm. wrestle with confusing passages or just passages that were profound to you and where you found delight in the Lord to share those with other people. That's the purpose of Bible reading is to delight yourself in the Lord. And Mm -hmm. through that overflow, you can um, help other people delight in the Lord too. You pretty much covered it. Those are all of the resources I was going to suggest as well. And I think just to reemphasize, looking up the background information before you start a new book is going to be super helpful. It'll give you context for why this book was written, who wrote it, who was the author writing to. And Dr. Constable does a really good job of um, outlining the structure of each book, which I find really helpful because when I know the main ideas and how the author structures his book, it helps me to follow along when I actually start reading it. Yeah, so for sure. Well, Kayla, is there anything else that you would like to share about your time beholding what the Bible has to say? Yeah, um, I think my only last thought is um, before you even crack open the Bible, before you just do the simple practical act of reading, um, the acclimate part is just so Mm. important, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially for me, because my, (laughs) I do not focus easily. My mind wanders. I need to be stimulated, Mm -hmm. especially like with spiritual rhythms, like, um, the spiritual discipline of reading your Bible. I can just easily trick myself into (laughs) thinking this is so boring, (laughs) chorish. I just have to do this because I'm a Christian and the Bible tells me I should read my Bible. That is 100% your type seven Enneagram coming out. (laughs) I'm just like, this is so the same. I need something different. Uh And so uh, one thing, literally this past week, because the weather has been so nice, I've been like bike riding before I do my quiet times mm-hmm. or listening to worship music and walking mm-hmm. um, just because that stimulation really puts me in the right mindset yeah. to delight in the Lord. Yes. Um, and there's going to be times and I've experienced these times where I can't get myself in the right mindset and I'm going to sit there and kind of drudge through scripture mm-hmm. and be like, oh my gosh. But that's also just the spiritual discipline side of it. Yeah. But when you can... Um, I think the Lord is faithful, um, to just really stir your affections for Mm -hmm. him when you dedicate the time to acclimate before you even start to read. Oh yeah, Um, for sure. I even find myself having to re-acclimate sometimes when I'm going through and I'm reading, but I find my mind wandering or my heart is really just not in it. I have to make myself stop Mm -hmm. instead of just reading and having it go out in one ear and out the other, 
I have to stop and confess that to the Lord and be like, okay, my mind is not in this right now. Like, help me focus on this text. Take these distractions away. Or sometimes I, if I'm like really not right, like if my heart is not in the right place, I have to just completely set aside the text that I'm reading and just sit in prayer for an extended period of time. And maybe that's what my quiet time looks like that day. And then the next day I'll pick back up in what I was reading. So it's really, it just goes back to what we talked about last week of your heart has got to be in the right place for God to do his transformative work in it. And part of that is recognizing when you are getting distracted, when you're reading and needing to reacclimate your heart. So I love that you, that you mentioned that again. Yeah. You just, uh, need to know yourself and like yeah. how the Lord's wired you to be able to um, really approach your time with him mm-hmm. um, for sure. So yeah. if that is going on a bike ride or a walk, or if that is meditating, I cannot sit still enough to meditate for long, but mm-hmm. whatever you need to do, um, the Lord has designed you uni- uniquely and he wants to engage with you the way that he's designed you. Yeah, so for sure. Well, thank you so much, Kayla. You have such great insight into this, and I loved our conversation. Thank you so much for having me and letting me add this and cross it off my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I am going to have to have you on again. This was just so much fun. Yes. I'll bring coffee next time. I can't guarantee yes. we'll smell like coffee, but we can mm. at least taste and smell the cups of coffee. That's true. And then they can also hear us drinking the coffee. Yes. <laughs> Yes, which will be very enjoyable for them, I know. A whole new experience. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you. Kayla is one of my favorite people. She is always so upbeat and fun, and we just click on so many levels. So I'm glad she got to be here with us. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to get the latest updates on the podcast. Next week, I'll be talking with another Coastal College student leader named Jonathan about the I of the Abide Method. It stands for interpret, or as I'm calling it, how to read the Bible part two. Y'all have a great week, and I will see y'all next Monday.